This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today we have a show devoted to finding hope and bliss, even when faced with great adversity. And my first guest is Fabiana Bacchini, and she and her family have really triumphed over adversity, finding joy in the journey and learning how to go from surviving to thriving. She is a remarkable person who's written a beautiful book, and we will meet her youngest son, Gabriel, who I know as Gaby, who in spite of medical challenges is a light and a joy, and he will be singing for us during the show. Also on the program is one of the most in-demand vocal coaches in Toronto, Michelle Newman. She has trained the city's most talented young singers, including the winner of CTV's The Launch. And three of Michelle's students have also been featured artists on The Ellen DeGeneres Show. And she was the vocal coach and producer of the mini pop kids for many years. More about Michelle Newman later on the program, but also she is an uber-talented vocalist, and we'll get to hear her sing as well at the end of the show. All this coming up, but first, let me tell you a little bit more about our first guest. Fabiana Bacchini is the Executive Director of the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation, CPBF. She is a journalist and the published author of From Surviving to Thriving, a Mother's Journey Through Infertility, Loss, and Miracles. After years of struggling with infertility, she welcomed her first child in 2009, and in 2012, pregnant with twin boys, she was introduced to the neonatal intensive care unit world after delivering twins at 26 weeks gestation. Her surviving twin had a long NICU stay and was later diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Fabiana's family participated on the research study of family integrated care, FI care, while in the NICU, which led her to become a parent advisor at Mount Sinai Hospital, an ambassador also for FI care, having traveled across Canada and other countries to share her experience with this incredible model of care. She has become a strong voice and advocate for premature babies and their families. She lives in Toronto with her husband and two sons. And I first met this incredible family on Jake's Sunday Jam, where Gabriel, as we know him as Gaby, sings every week. And he will be singing today as well on the show. Fabiana, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. I'm so delighted to have you. And first of all, thank you for being here. And congratulations on your beautiful book, which I'm holding up right over here. And I'm going to say the title again. It's From Surviving to Thriving, A Mother's Journey Through Infertility, Loss and Miracles. And I want to really delve into the book. But first, I just wanted to say that I know you from Jake's Sunday Jam, where I see you every Sunday on Zoom with the incredible Ellen Schwartz. Can you tell us how you came to this wonderful Sunday Zoom Jam? Yes. So I know one of the moms at the jam who has triplets, Dana, 
And uh, Dana has been my mentor in this journey of, uh, you know, dealing with a child with cerebral palsy and disabilities. And Dana posts on our special needs groups and say, oh, there is this great music jam on Sundays. Who is in? Of course I was in because <laughs> Gabriel loves to sing and he's been uh, singing since he was very little. He always had the karaoke machine and <laughs> he really found his voice. But I think on the jam was when he really... Uh, it started blooming from the last year when he gained so much confidence and he really found a community that supports and includes him. That is so important for him. It's more than that. I think he's one of the stars and I know there's many, but he's one of the stars and everybody loves Gaby. And I know my daughter, Lily, loves him and we all love him. So it's just so great to have you here and to um, and to talk to you about this beautiful book and about your wonderful son. And And I never knew when I was reading the book that you were a broadcast journalist back in Brazil. And your story is so fascinating. First of all, what inspired you to write this beautiful book? Uh, well, I always believe in the power of sharing stories. I think when you share a story, you give permission to the other person to share theirs. Um, and I also feel that we connect through storytelling. So I obviously, as a journalist, that's what I learned since uh, very young, that stories have, is, are so powerful. And uh, I think especially when you go through challenges, when you share your stories and you make yourself vulnerable, you really support others going through not exactly the same situation, but maybe other challenges that you can relate because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all have challenges in life, no matter what it is. One time or another time in our lives, you're going to face something that we are not expecting. And I think when you read stories of other people that how they embrace their challenges or sometimes overcome the challenges and share the strategies or maybe share um you know, the, the things that helped throughout that space, how can you, you know, maybe you can use their own strategies or just relate or just that feeling that you are not alone. I think the most important thing is you are not alone, right? There's so many people in the world that face the same things. And for me sharing, uh, I started sharing my personal story when I was going through, uh, fertility treatments, I felt very, very lonely because I had never met anyone who had gone through IVF and all the treatments. And I wrote a blog about it. And for my surprise, so many people reached out. Uh, so then I felt like, okay, there is a lot of power in be- being vulnerable. So that's why I decided to write this book. You're, you're so right about that. And and I, it's so funny because I just was reading about Brene Brown and the power of vulnerability. And we just had on a guest, Dr. Jody Larry, who talks as well about the power of vulnerability. And it, it's so absolutely true. I want to ask you, Fabienne, if you can take us back to the NICU when you were giving birth to your twins. And first of all, I'm so sorry about the loss of one of your twins, Michael. I didn't know that story. And can you take us back to that time when you first saw Gabriel in the NICU. He weighed only under two pounds. And what went through your mind at that time? Well, that was a very dark time uh, because we learned um, halfway through my pregnancy that Michael was not going to survive and he had zero chance to make to birth. But we didn't know that we could actually deliver prematurely. Uh, but then Michael passed away when I was 25 weeks pregnant and I ended up going to labor and deliver them at 26 weeks. 
And I didn't see Gabriel right away. Uh, the delivery room was the, that deafening silence when there's no crying that we expect from a birth. Because um, Michael was the one that came out first. Uh, and then Gabriel was rushed into the ICU. Uh, there was no crying. He was only 26 weeks. And I saw Gabriel in the ICU, I think, 12 hours later. And uh, I remember that my husband had come home to shower and my friend uh, wheeled me inside the NICU because I had the C-section, I couldn't walk. And uh, she said to me, he's very little. But I obviously, I had no conception of how little uh, a premature baby can be. I had to give him birth to a nine pound baby before. And uh, when I saw Gabriel, I thought I was going to pass out because he was... Uh, completely uh, purple. Uh, mm. He was covered in, uh, in a plastic bag. Mm. That's how they keep the body temperature in the first few mm -hmm. hours. Um, and he had a breathing machine and he had all these wires and monitors around his incubator. And I was terrified. Um, I remember there was a nurse talking to me, but I had no recollection what was what she said to me. And uh, it was very, very scary. Like that was, I think, the scariest moment of my life that I thought, how can this tiny baby survive? Right? I think that was my first thought. Did you have a lot of support? Like what happened from that moment on? Where was the support for you and how did you survive this really? Well, I, there was a lot of uh, nursing support at Sinai. I was very fortunate to be there and also to be enrolled in uh, the study that you mentioned, the family integrated care, where they actually involve families in the care of their babies and you become part of the care, you become part of the team. And I think being part of that really changed my perspective in the ICU because then I was no longer an observer. I was an active participant. Mm -hmm. I found a role why I need to be there every day because you can't really do much, right? I had to pump eight times a day, make sure I had enough breast milk, uh, recover from my C-section. And once I was, uh, you know, better recovered, established uh, pumping, um, I started becoming more involved. And every day we had education sessions in the hospital. We had the peer support. And I think those elements are so important to me to, um, first of all, relate to other parents who are going through the same thing as I was, but also they brought uh, parents who had been that journey before, who were home already with their baby. So that is the hope of they, they provide to you. Uh, and I think it was one day at a time. Like I always made sure I was present in that moment because you don't know if you have the next moment in the ICU, right? So I celebrate Gabriel in the present moment every single day. And I remember every single day when I left the hospital, I was just grateful that he made one more day. And I think that hope and that vision that I had carry him out of the back street from Mount Sinai Hospital, carrying his car seat, I held that vision so strongly in my mind mm. until it happened. But it was 146 days later. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's that's just that I can't imagine that day that you took Gaby home. He was nine pounds. No, Gaby, when have... I took him home, he was... Um, yeah, he was about four and a half kilos. Yes, about that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that must have been such a such a huge triumph. 
you you talk about how you learn to stay in the now going through all of these challenges that you had to undergo. You learn to stay in the now. You learn to be mindful. And you also then discovered later on that Gabriel had cerebral palsy. What exactly is cerebral palsy? And can you take us back to that discovery and what you did when you had this knowledge? Yes. So uh, obviously, knowing that my child was born so early and the complications that he could have, I was aware that he could be behind his milestones. Uh, But Gabriel had no uh, signs of brain damage in the NICU. So I thought you were out of the woods. There was no risk for having any neurodevelopmental delays or problems. Uh, The main concern the whole time was his breathing because he gave your head a lot of trouble breathing. Uh, but obviously, the first year home, I noticed he was very delayed. He didn't reach any milestones. And I took him to so many therapies. Uh, and obviously, as a second-time mom, you also notice, okay, you're, it, it's inevitable. You compare the development. Uh, so I knew Gabriel was late. And um, when he was 20 months old, we went to a neonatal follow-up appointment. And the doctor asked me if I had heard of cerebral palsy. And I almost choked because obviously I had heard about it, but I never thought that my son would have it. And I really didn't know what it was. So I did what everybody does these days. I came home and I Google it. (laughs) And it was terrifying because I didn't know what that meant to him, first of all, and to our family. And I felt that all the dreams that I had right there collapsed. Uh, So it was a a journey to learn about cerebral palsy and um, understanding what it was and what it was for him because nobody shows cerebral palsy the same way. Uh, So Gabriel was diagnosed with quadriplegic cerebral palsy, so he has no movements on his arms and legs. Uh, And he also has dystonia, which is uncontrolled movement. So he can you know, he can't tell his arm to stay quiet or to uh, properly use a, a phone or an iPad. Uh, but it was a journey and it was a lot of peer support that I saw other fans ahead of us, how they lived and how they were doing things that we one day had dreamed of doing and how you're going to do it. So it was a lot of uh, flexibility of behavior, changing your expectations, reevaluate my own values of in life you know my i have to question myself what were my views on disability how i perceive people with disabilities it was a lot of uh, self-reflection to really understand how to continue that journey but it was a therapist that said to me you know he's the same boy he was yesterday he just have a label now so that was it for me. I really embraced him as he is. And as you know him, he's very happy. He just want to be included like every other child in everything that any other nine-year-old likes doing. And he's just the same. He's just, we just need to be creative, right? How, it's, ne- it's never a matter of if we can do something, it's how can we do something. 
That's so wonderful. I, I wonder what it is in your life. If it was, I know you had a very happy childhood growing up in Brazil, and I know you were a very successful broadcast journalist, and I know that you traveled and really saw the world, and you're a very independent person, and you have a very wonderful marriage. And I know, and I can imagine the challenges that one goes through with all the adversity that you've you face, but. There's so many people that would have such a different kind of attitude and you didn't. Your attitude was we're going to triumph. And that's why Gaby has triumphed. And that's why you continue to triumph. What do you think it is? What can you tell our listeners who maybe are not able to do that or are suffering or having a hard time circumventing what they're going through in their lives? What do you think it is that helped you triumph? And because you have such a wonderful, beautiful attitude. Well, it's a, it's a lot of work, obviously, uh, that, you know, you always think about possibilities rather than uh, scarcity or impossibilities. But I feel I, you know, when I was at Sinai, I experienced a feeling that I don't think I ever had before. I felt gratitude. Right. I think I had a wonderful life as a child, as you mentioned. I had a life that was not uh, full of events, like uh, hurtful events or anything. I think the first heartache was going through infertility. But it was at Sinai that I had that gratitude. Right. I think I took wow. my life for granted before. But that feeling really carries me and to today sometimes i have bad days like everybody does sometimes things don't go well and it's overwhelming especially during the pandemic but every now and then i get that gratitude in my heart that is a feeling that i feel that i'm grateful for my child's life you know and i always put things into perspective because one day a doctor said to me that i couldn't be a mom Right. So I put things into perspective, but now I am a mom. I was giving this beautiful child with all the challenges and making sometimes impossible decisions. But I have that gratitude that I have him and that I have my older son who is, you know, sometimes he also suffers because he has a brother like that, because that's not what he expected either right he wants a brother to play soccer with him to go outside and play with him so mm -hmm. it was a lot of is a lot of work that we have to do as a family to reframe ourselves right and see and try to find joy where sometimes there is no joy right but you know now when i it's spring we are in lockdown but i go outside in my garden i see the flowers blooming something that i never noticed before right they always took for granted and i think those are the things that help me to get through the challenges and embrace the diversities um and help others to do the same you're un you're unbelievable fabian i always knew you're unbelievable when i saw you on jake's zoom jam but i'm really realizing how in fact really unbelievable you are Having a child with medical issues can also be hard on a marriage. What helped you and Stell get through these challenging times? Well, it's a work in progress. <laughs> I think marriage is a, a work in progress. And for me and Stell, uh, a long time ago, early in the diagnosis, we had I had gone to a conference where they said there's a lot of couples that get divorced and they, they don't uh, stay together because it's so challenging. And it, it's very hard to be the wife and the mother and the friend and the lover. And 
and the working woman. Like it, it's hard. You wear so many hats, and sometimes the marriage is the one that suffers. But back then, we we made the decision that we didn't want to fall into statistic. So we work hard with a lot of couples therapy and counseling, <laughs> and sometimes a little bit of uh, time apart to try to reconnect uh, because mm-hmm. it is it is challenging, it, absolutely mm-hmm. challenging. But you're doing it. You're doing it, which is so encouraging and hopeful for other people to to see you as an example. You quote Albert Einstein in the book, who says there are only two ways to live your life. One is though is as though nothing is a miracle, and the other is as though everything is a miracle. And even your husband's email announcing the birth of your twins was hopeful and focused on what was good. You're, you're always looking at, at the miracle that is there, which is so incredible. What do you think your purpose in life is since this is finding your bliss? And I believe that all of us have a purpose and a calling. And I know you were always looking for your purpose when you were a broadcast journalist back in Brazil and all of the wonderful things that you did. And so I'm just wondering, has that changed? And how do you see your calling, if you will, and your purpose in life? Wow. Uh, well, Albert Einstein was actually a preemie. So that's is a, is especially, uh, is, is a special quote for me. Uh, but yes, I think I was always in this search for my purpose. And I always want to give back. That's for always want to give back to the community. That's why I want to become a journalist, to become the voice of people who didn't have a voice back in Brazil. But I think going through this challenge with Gabriel and being in the ICU, and receiving so much that I found this purpose for myself to be the voice of those who don't have a voice or can't have a voice in my community of kids who are born preterm or have disabilities and be that voice and give back to this community and work. We do a lot of work in collaboration with clinicians and researchers as a way of giving back and really showing my gratitude. So I think I really feel my purpose and my passion now with the work that I do. Well, I got I got to tell you, you're, you're a very impressive, impressive person. So I see you every week, Fabiana, on Jake's Jam with the angel Ellen Schwartz and your incredible Gaby, another angel who sings every week. And there's just something about his joyful, angelic face, this beautiful boy and the way he roots and cheers for everybody else in the jam that just touches my heart so much. And it really makes him, as I said earlier, one of the stars and one of the most beloved children on the jam. And he really, I think, has taken root in everybody's heart. So tell us just a little bit about when you first knew that Gaby was interested in music, and then we're going to actually hear him sing. But I would just love to hear where you noticed this love for music. Well, we always played music to him. And even though I cannot sing, I always sung to him. Uh, but I think he has a, he had a teacher at Holland Bloorview School when he was in JK and his teacher played guitar and sung every single day. And we always noticed Gabriel's attention to it. And we played music at home and he turned his head. He responded to music. So I think that was a trigger for him to say, okay, this is something that I like and I can do. Right. So I think when he loves, he loves pop music. He loves radio. So he always has the radio on and he he knows all the pop stars. <laughs> As you can see from the jam, he always pop music, his choices. Uh, and I, we feel that that is a passion that he has. He connects through music and he can speak th- through music. 
And the jam has inspired him. He said, oh, I want to write, I want to sing an original. He doesn't even know what original is. <laughs> but eventually he's going to, I'm sure he's going to put something together because that's the power that Ellen is put out there every Sunday to really help people to bring out the best in them and just do it without being the, having the fear of being judged or Absolutely. fail or, you know, I didn't do a good job. There is no such a thing at the gym. And I think it gives no. everybody an opportunity to be themselves. And Gabriel found his own way of being and being accepted. He's flourishing. He's thriving and it's beautiful. We have a clip of Gabriel singing Rihanna's song Diamonds and we're going to play some of that for you now. And what you all can't see because this is radio is what a handsome little guy he is and how sweet and lovable he is whenever he sings the joy on his face and when he's covering a song. And as I mentioned, what I love about him also is how he cheers for everybody on the jam after they sing. So without further ado, here is Gaby singing Diamonds. Let's roll that clip. That was so incredible, Gaby. You're the best. We love you. And you do shine bright like a diamond. And we we love you so much. I, I want to just give a few plugs about some amazing things that have happened to Gaby. He became an ambassador for Blurview Kids Rehabilitation Hospital, where he advocates for kids with disabilities. And also, Fabiana, congratulations to Gaby on getting to appear on Youth Day on YouTube and he got all sorts of swag and even all of these cool things from a radio station. And uh, we're so proud of him. What is bliss for Fabiana Bacini? I think bliss is uh, embracing the moment and stay in the now to, to really celebrate what is happening at this, at this present moment, because in reality, this is all that we have. Absolutely. And it's just being mindful, right? It's not really thinking about what just happened or what's about to happen, but just being mindful of the beautiful moment that you're in right now. And I feel grateful for this moment with you. And how can everybody get your beautiful book from Surviving to Thriving by Fabiana Bacchini? It is available on Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. That's so fantastic. I encourage you all to get a copy of this beautiful book. And Fabiana, what's the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? Well, I'm all social media at Fabiana Bacchini uh, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Let's spell that for everyone. It's B-A-C-C-H-I-N-A and Fabiana, F-A-B-I-A-N-A. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I can't wait to meet you in person when this pandemic is over. And I can't wait for all of us to get together. It'll be so wonderful. Thank you. I'm so grateful. I, I Exactly. Today was a bliss moment. I'm so grateful that we met and then I'm very honored to be here. And thank you all of you for uh, listening to us today. And I hope you also all find your bliss. Thank you, Fabiana. You're, you're something else. You're really terrific. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. 
In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're joined now by the uber-talented Michelle Newman. For more than a decade, Michelle Newman has been one of Toronto's most in-demand vocal coaches. She comes highly recommended by Toronto's top talent agencies, as well as leading industry record labels. Michelle credits her success to her genuine passion for her students and their craft, as well as her personalized approach to every lesson. Her unique approach really enables her to bring out the best in any singer, whether it be a live performance or a studio session. She focuses on vocal health, breath control, tone, range, and much more. She believes that singers are born with a gift, but it's how they nurture that gift that really determines how far they're able to take themselves as an artist. Michelle has trained the city's most talented young singers. Most recently, Michelle's longtime student, Ethan Young, was the winner of CTV's The Launch. Congratulations to Ethan. And uh, Michelle was also a coach to many of the finalists in that show. Michelle has trained many of the cast members of numerous productions. I'm going to list some of them. Mervish's Matilda, Mervish's Annie, cast members of The Next Step. Wow. Broadway's Billy Elliot, Broadway's Frozen, members of The Revel Boys, YouTube sensation Johnny Orlando, Hollywood actress Alexandra Shipp, and many more. Three of Michelle's students have been featured artists on The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and many have gone on to pursue their dreams of becoming professional musicians and and have already created big names for themselves in the music industry. As a vocal coach, Michelle has been featured on numerous television shows, and Michelle was also the resident vocal coach and the producer of the mini pop kids from 2011 to 2015. She was the vocal coach for the Lifetime biopic, Aaliyah, Princess of R&B. As a vocalist, Michelle has shared the stage and studio with many amazing artists, such as Tina Turner, The Black Eyed Peas, Philosopher Kings, Jack Soul, Mosquito B, and Donnie Osmond. She was part of the Canadian Idol Writers Project, and she's been a featured anthem singer for the Toronto Raptors. She is also an uber-talented vocalist who will be singing for us all on today's show. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Hi, Judy. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it, and I'm very honoured. So happy to have you. And my listeners can't see this, but she looks so beautiful as well in her studio. <laughs> Normally, she'd be at Zoomer, and I'd be seeing her in person, but it's so great to see you in any way. Michelle, I met you about 10 years ago, and I saw you perform on stage several times in leading roles and you always blew me away and you blew everyone else away and I just thought to myself the sky is really the limit for this performer and I've always wanted to have you on this show to sing and share your gift so I'm thrilled that you're here can you tell us just to start because it's finding your bliss 
what you love about singing and how it makes you feel when you're belting out a tune on stage. Oh, thank you so much, Judy. So I've always loved to sing. I was more, I was on the shy side when I was younger and I always just felt like the most confident when I was singing because it was something that came so naturally to me. And it was something that I knew that I was good at. And it took me a long time for me to even be able to say that out loud, but I knew that I was good at it. And when you know you're good at something, it makes you feel amazing to to do. Absolutely. And what's so great about you is you're not only doing it as a singer yourself, and we're always so happy when you do that because you really are <laughs> so talented, Michelle, <laughs> but you're also an entrepreneur and a mother and the co-owner of Spotlight Academy. So first of all, congratulations on this wonderful Triple Threat Performance Academy in the City of Toronto for students of all levels. Can you tell us more about your Brainchild Spotlight Academy and how it all came to be? So first thing, I always said to myself, if I won the lottery, what would I do? Since I was in my late teens, if I won the lottery, what would I do? And I always said that I would open a musical theater academy for kids. That was always my dream. And I didn't have to win the lottery to do it. <laughs> I worked really, really hard. I've developed um, a pretty amazing community surrounding me with past students, new students. And I met my partner when I was looking for more vocal teachers to take on some of my overflow. And we just got along so well. Her name is Amanda Silkoff. She's phenomenal. We both just had this vision and we said, you know what? if we can't do it ourselves, like we may as well just do it together because two heads are better than one. And I have to say, we complement each other so well. We have these big visions, big dreams, and we both are so passionate and so driven and so motivated to bring those dreams to our community. And we decided that we wanted to open up um, a place where kids can experience the magic of musical theater and performing without any of the competition. In so many ways, it is more recreational, but the training is there. And, you know, as a kid, my community growing up was my theater community. That's where I felt the most myself, where I felt that I could be the most vulnerable and I was supported and I connected with people in a similar way. And that's what we're trying to bring to the average kid who might not necessarily, who maybe feel a little bit intimidated to go into a, a community theater production, but wants to you get their feet wet and explore and to learn. And, you know, we nurture them with love and with technique. And it's, it's honestly the most magical, beautiful place. So, yeah. What I, what I love about what you do is you really do it all. Like you do that for kids without the competition, just making it a wonderful, loving environment yeah. where they're going to learn and feel like at home and, and just have something great to look forward to, especially during these times. But also you deal with the very advanced student yes. who, as you say, you have a couple of students who've been on the Ellen DeGeneres show and the mini pop kids and much more. So you really traverse, you know, from the beginner to the advanced and everything in between, which is so great. Yes, because everybody should be able to experience the arts. It's just the, the, one of the most beautiful parts of life. The arts is so important and you don't have to be the most talented to be able to experience it. Absolutely. So I just interviewed Erica M. yesterday and we talked about the impact this pandemic has had on moms and how 
you manage when you're working as a mom and you're you're a mom, you're homeschooling, which Erica M calls COVID schooling, and <laughs> you're also doing it all. And that's really what you're doing. You're an entrepreneur. You're also a mom. How have you been able to balance work and motherhood? <sighs> so <laughs> it's um it's been a challenge to say the least, but I I put everything into perspective. My kids are young, which is great. I'm still working very hard. So I'm not here all the time for their online schooling and stuff. I, I help them as much as I can, but they're pretty independent in that in that sense. Um, my little one's still in daycare, so that's fine. But my, my older one is online and she's she's independent, but they see how hard I work. I try to bring them into everything I can. You know, they they know all my students, they they do the program. And I think it's important COVID or not to see how hard you work. I think it's one of the best lessons you can teach your kids is that I go to work every day and I absolutely love it. So I come home and I'm happy and it's not like I'm working and I'm stressed out. Like I mean, look at my, my job is the best job in the entire world. So they see it a lot more because I'm home now, right? They see a lot more of what I'm doing. So I look at that as more of a positive thing rather than a negative thing. That's great. That's so great. That's, that's so the right attitude. It's incredible. What characterizes your teaching style and makes it stand out from all the rest? Because you're really an awesome teacher. Thank you. Um, My genuine love for each and every single one of my kids. My students are my family. Like I put as much into my students as I do my friends and my family. And I, when I see the progress and I see the successes, whether it be the tiniest thing or the biggest thing, I genuinely, genuinely like feel it in the depths of my heart. That's what differentiates me from, I guess, maybe some other teachers or, you know, I just, my love, my genuine love. That's so fabulous. So I wanted to ask you about a little bit about the mini pop kids and what that was like and all of the different things that you've done with the mini pop kids as a vocal coach, as a producer, how would you describe that very cool experience? Cause you've nurtured a lot of artists in the city. And I know I've had some of them on the show, like Raina Harton was just on the show and you yes. were, yeah, she's so great. How, what was that like? Cause that was just taking a lot of young talent, nurturing them and they've all gone on many of them to have incredible careers. Yeah. So that was a real gateway for me. You know, I, I don't think I knew what I was getting into when I got that job. And I learned a lot about music production, which, you know, in turn helped me with my lessons because I was able to do a lot of recording on my own. I learned a lot about time management. I learned, um, you know, a lot of, a lot about how to deal with more professional level artists that is also still a child. And, Working with those talented kids every day was just was just un- unbelievable. Like that's it was it was a great 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 experience all around. Um, the team was phenomenal. I met so many people through it and made so many great connections through it. And it was it was just it was fabulous. I remember I would always see you on city TV and on different shows and television yeah. shows promoting them and you'd be part of it. And it was just so exciting. So fun. As a vocalist, Michelle, you've shared the stage in the studio with many amazing artists, as we mentioned off the top, such as Tina Turner and the Black Eyed Peas, Donny Osmond, Philosopher Kings. Is there a moment that stands out for you where you just thought to yourself, oh my God, I love what I'm doing so much. I can't believe this is actually happening. I remember it like it's like yesterday. So... I had this like little like demo deal with Sony at one point. I was working, I was doing like voice work for Sony. I think I was 15 or 16 years old. And my dad was driving me down to the, to the Sony studios. And I remember just like turning to him and being like, daddy, this is 
my dream. I'm living my dream. Like I, you are driving me to a professional recording studio. Like this is great. And I just remember feeling that I've done it all. You know, I was 15 <laughs> years old, but I, I, it was like, and I knew, I knew from that point, I don't, I think there was a part of me that always knew that I wasn't going to be a famous singer because I don't think I had that in me um, in terms of my my push. I, it, it was never something that I really, really genuinely wanted to be a famous singer, but I knew at that point that I would be involved in this industry for the rest of my life. hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, I just got the, as you were telling this whole story, I had the full chills. So I know that it's, uh, it's the real deal. So speaking of the chills, you were in a production of dream girls years ago and I was backstage and I saw you after your performance of, and I'm telling you, I'm not going and I'll never forget your face and how lit up you were. And then years later, you reprised that song at Kerner Hall in a Broadway review show that I helped put together. And you got a serious standing ovation and very well-deserved. What did it feel like when you sang that song on the Kerner Hall stage in that Broadway review? So the first time I sang that, when you saw me in the show, that was my first time singing in public I'd say in probably eight years. So there was something so special about that moment for me because I was like, wow, I really took a step away from my personal singing and to focus on on growing up and developing a business and all that stuff. And I was like, wow, like, even if I do this once a year, I need to do this for myself. And then when I, when I did it um, at the ICRF with you, I also, same thing, I hadn't sang in a while, right? I hadn't, and that was my first time. And, and you know, Judy, like for me, I, I get so much more pleasure out of seeing other people perform. It, it just does something for me. And I have stage fright. I'm very, very, very nervous when I perform. Um, I love it. I feel comfortable once I'm there, once I'm on the stage, but the anxiety beforehand, yes. it really gets to me. So when I was on that stage and I was performing and again, I was like, again, I felt, I'm like, this is me. This is where I should be. This is, this is just such a phenomenal feeling. Yeah. It's overcoming that anxiety to get there, but it took me back to that moment when I really sang for the first time in, in many, many years. And it was very special. And I, and I also felt like, look how far I've come from the first time I sang that to now. So it was, it was just so incredible. Like I, I will have Thank to have, we'll have to play that song as well on the show someday because that was also <laughs> so, so good. What Thank advice you. do you have for people who have stage fright? Cause you, I'm sure have students who are going off to do big things like you were doing and, and are doing and get a little bit nervous. What do you say to them based on your own experience? So I wish that I could take my own advice, but when they, they get nervous for an audition or for a performance and it's so obviously so common, But I always say to them, I'm like, every single person in that audience wishes they could do what you do. Even at your worst, you are doing something so brave that no matter what you do, everyone is looking at you and being, wow, like that is brave. The performance is amazing. Like you are always your own worst critic. So just know that like you're above that, you know, and and, um, getting out of your own head and embracing the situation and knowing that took bravery and courage to get on that stage and to take that risk is something that no matter what happens during the performance, you've already won. You've already made it. I love that. I love that. And and continuing on that again, because it's finding your bliss. And I have one listener who always says, ask your guests how people can do this. So my question is, what advice do you have for aspiring singers or those who really do want to pursue a career on Broadway or in the music industry? What would you say to them? 
train, train, train. Talent is not enough always in this industry, as we know. You've got to put your heart and soul into it. Don't stop. You know, you're going to get discouraged. There's going to be people who put you down. There's going to be bumps along the way. But be true to yourself and train hard. That's it. Like that's it's that's what it is in anything. Like you have to be training all the time. You never let you never let that down. You never you never stop growing because there's always going to be someone or something that's going to try to get in the way and you have to rise above all that. That's above. And and you do and it's amazing. What is bliss for Michelle Newman? I think I know the answer, but <laughs> So bliss is really like my family and um music and very emotional, but I, I'm living it. I'm living blissfully. So, yeah. so great. So it's so, feels so cheesy, so cheesy saying that, but it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, may everyone talk, is it talking about manifesting these days, right? It's where we have to manifest. And I say this to so many of my friends and even my students who, you know, are going through tougher times, you create your own happiness. You're dealt your, you're dealt your hand. It's up to you to, make that the best hand you could possibly have. And I truly believe that like we, we create our own happiness and I feel like, you know, you're going to get thrown in whatever, whatever it is, but I feel like I've created this and I, you know, so I've created it with hard work and dedication and staying true to who I am. And yeah. <laughs> it's so great. And we're, we're the wonderful, uh, beneficiaries, the recipients of, of your talent and your creativity. And you're just, you're just absolutely amazing. We're going to go on a short commercial break and we come back. Michelle Newman is going to sing for us back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7, and we're joined by sought-after vocal coach and very talented singer, Michelle Newman. Michelle, you sent us a beautiful cover. I actually requested it. (laughs) (laughs) The song she used to be mine from the hit musical Waitress, and we're so excited to play it for our audience. But before we do, can you tell us, Michelle, what inspired you to cover this song? So... (laughs) <laughs> for Mother's Day, listen, it's, it's a sad song. And so, you know, but for Mother's Day, all I wanted was a little bit of time to myself to be able to make some music. I got all this new recording equipment in my studio and I, I use it with some of my students, but I have never, I'd never used it myself. So I was like, going to spend an hour and just sing. And I, I just find that to be the most beautiful song that I've just 
been singing in the shower. I've been singing around my house. I've been singing with some of my students and I'm like, I'm just going to try it. And I ended up having like a beautiful 45 minutes with myself, just letting loose and having fun. I never get to do that. So it was great. And what came out of that was Ellen Schwartz, the wonderful angel on this planet, beyond. And she took your song and she posted it. I saw it. This is how it all happens, right? I saw it and I'm like, I have to have that song on this show. It's so beautiful. I want our listeners to enjoy it. So thank you for for doing this. Without further ado, let's have a listen to Michelle Newman singing, She Used to Be Mine from Waitress. Let's have a listen. Oh my God, Michelle, that was so beautiful. Thank you. I could listen to you all day long. You're so amazing. Thank you. What is the best way, Michelle, for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? And also, I'm going to add something and hear you sing. (laughs) So, um, I have my website is michellenewmanmusic.com. My Instagram is Michelle Newman Music, and um, we also our musical theater company is SpotlightAcademyTO.com or SpotlightAcademyTO on Instagram. And to hear my music, I actually don't have a ton of music out there, but there is some stuff on my Instagram. And like randomly, maybe maybe once a year, I'll put out something. Yeah, most of the stuff is my unbelievable, incredible students, and um, hearing them perform is is amazing too. So. Definitely, definitely you can check out my Instagram for some great content. You're the best, Michelle. Thank you so oh, you're the best, much Judy. for being here today. What a treat. Thank so you. Glad. Thank you so much for having me. So happy. Each week we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or a musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an artist, writer, or anyone who's found and is following their bliss, like Michelle, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you to visit us at Finding Your Bliss magazine. That's findingyourbliss.com. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. In Bliss News, we're so excited to announce that we're doing a giveaway with the fabulous Toronto boutique Par Par, who've been making closets happy since 2005. They are giving a $150 gift card to the lucky winner. And all you have to do to enter is go to our Instagram handle at the Bliss Minute for all the contest details. So you're just going to like at the Bliss Minute and at Par Par Boutique on Instagram, tag two friends to enter to win this fabulous giveaway. Also to see their gorgeous collection, just visit one of Par Par's two Toronto area locations for an incredible and exclusive mix of contemporary brands from all over the world. The contest is open now and it closes on Wednesday, June 9th at 6 p.m. I would like to thank my guests, Fabiana Bikini and Michelle Newman for being on the show today. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. This show has been recorded by Squadcast. As Albert Einstein said so well, and I quote, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.